Hey, before we get started, I just want to warn you guys that in this episode, I do like a wide range of topics and I do talk quite a bit about um, eating disorders in the first part. And then um, I do mention um, self-harm, including suicide. So, you know, those are tough topics. And if hearing about either one of those things would make this a tough listen for you, go ahead and skip this one. There are a lot of other episodes to listen to. I'll catch you next week. Thanks. Hey guys, Princess here and welcome to another episode of Buy Pumpkin. Um, I have a question for y'all. Uh, how come no one explicitly reached out to me and told me that Meredith Marks looked like that? So the thing is, is that there are very few current reality shows that I watch regularly, like the day it comes out. Um, mostly it just doesn't excite me that much. Um, you know, it just doesn't. I usually, I know everything that's happening because I listen to a lot of recaps. I, I subscribe to a lot of YouTube vloggers that recap things and um, podcasters. And so... You know, I know everything that's going on, but I rarely lay eyes on current reality TV. I'll name an exception right now. The Real Housewives of Miami revival. I watched every day when it first came out. I don't know why. It was really fucking good to me. But um, yeah, everything else, like, I might catch up on. So for Salt Lake City, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I did not watch, even though I was, like, privy to everything that was going on the show... I probably didn't turn on an episode until January. I started watching season one. And, you know, like I told you guys, I had a visceral reaction to Brooks because I do not like him. Um, I just I just don't know why I'm looking at Brooks or talking to Brooks or why he is in a conversation at all. Like, from day one, A1. Like, get off my TV. And I think what it is, I feel the same way about Brielle Beerman. I feel the same way about Gia um, Judice, Judici, whatever they want to say. I do not, like, I have a visceral reaction to someone's grown-ish child entering the fray. Because you either in it or you not, all right? If you in it, <laughs> then you fucking in it. And if you're not, if we're not allowed to, if you're not in this shit... And we're not allowed to address you as such. That you need to get to the kids' table and stop talking over here. I feel the same way about Simon Vanderkamp or whatever the fuck his name was. It was Vanderkamp, right? Um, I'm talking about Alex's husband in in, New, in uh, the first four seasons of Real Housewives of New York. Um, yeah, either get in or get out. One of the two. But we're not going to do, and I especially hate it with children because we're not going to do the, this is my, this is my child. Well, if you, it was your child, why is he not in a child's place? Why is he over here at the big kid? Why is he over here at the adult table talking shit? Anyway, <laughs> but you know, so in January I started watching and I had a visceral reaction to seeing Brooks. Um, Jen looked exactly like I assumed her to look wild and um uh Whitney is is like I was like really entranced with Whitney I was like 
she, because on that first season, Whitney is on that pole. Remember, it's the first episode she's on the fucking pole at, at her uh, wedding renewal or whatever. Um, she's on that pole and she's going around, but she's looking directly at the camera as she does it. And I was like, oh, this bitch was ready to get on his show. Like she, she was, she was ready to get on the show. And so, <laughs> like, like, this bitch practiced this in a mirror and was like, so when we first start filming, I'm going to get on this pole and I'm going to be like, yeah, look at me. She was like auditioning for Hustlers, guys. She was ready. She ready. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is a different type of. Housewives franchise and and what it is it's, it's like third wave uh Housewives franchise and that uh we are looking at people who grew up on the Housewives who have a good understanding of what the Housewives is and like literally moved to the city to be on the Housewives like we these are rented houses bare fucking walls and shit like you guys don't live here like, Lisa Vanderpump lived at Villa Rosa. Not Villa Rosa. Is it Villa Rosa? Villa Blanca is the restaurant. Villa Rosa is the uh, is the house. She lived in that bitch. You could tell. Like, like she had boxes of bullshit in the attic at that place. Because she lives there. Uh, Kyle obviously lives in her house. Well, I think she's in a new house. But that first house on the first season, that bitch lived in a house. But, like, these women are renting homes to, you know, to get on the show and, you know, <laughs> shit like that. This is third wave housewifeism. And so like, but just that moment and it's in her opening. So every episode you see for the first scene, every episode you see her on that pole, just that moment, I was like, oh, we dealing with a new breed of bitches right here. And, but the thing that really like knocked me off, like my socks was Meredith Marks. And it wasn't as bad as season one, but I'm I'm currently in season two catching up. Just I just I'm like, let me just finish this up real quick. I'm probably in episode five or six. Um but it's more pronounced this season. Meredith Marks is lopsided. And I tweeted last night before I went to bed because I was because I'd been doing laundry. The kids were all asleep. I've been doing laundry and like finishing up some episodes of Housewives. And I tweeted, I was like, is is Meredith Marks a stroke survivor. And then I had to do a follow-up tweet. I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be bitchy. This is not a snarky tweet. This is not. I need to make sure that she talked about like surviving a stroke or um, maybe some neuro, neuro, ugh, neurological thing that like, is going on because she's lopsided and her mouth is lopsided too. And like also... I can tell in certain scenes that she's standing in an awkward position to the side. And I didn't know if that was a result of something that had happened that she was talking about. And like, I, I'm, I'm being completely fucking honest. I was not like trying to, trying to like be like, Meredith Marks, like she had a stroke. <laughs> like really what's going on with Meredith Marks. And I was really shocked by it because like on the recaps and stuff, nobody talks about that. They talk about everyone looking weird. And yeah, Jen Shaw looks weird. Heather looks weird. Um, but you know, Heather, I'm assuming, gets everything done at Beauty Lab. Like, I'm assuming anytime something new happens, she's like, I'll try it. Like, I, that's what I'm assuming is going on. Heather looks weird. She's just fucked with her face a lot. 
Um, Jen Shaw looks weird because she is weird. Uh, Mary looks weird because she is fucking weird. That's another thing. Like, there is no amount of recap on Earth that could that could convey the way Mary looks into the camera sometimes. The faces she makes. The, like, her mannerisms. Mary's weird. Um, I mean, she's married to her granddad. She's weird. But, uh, yeah. Um, I thought... So the thing is, if I were recapping Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, I would be talking about this every single episode. Like, I would be talking, we'd be on Meredith lopsided watch. Why does Meredith look like that? So, and I just didn't get that. And so, obviously, all my internet friends, Rachel, Maria, Liz, Kara, they're all like, girl, this is all we talk about. <laughs> this is literally all we talk about, princess. Do you, have you not been looking at the tweets? And I, I, Maria said that. And I was like, listen, Maria, one, you're, you got your account locked. Two, so you need to like unlock that babe so we can be retweeting and shit like that because I don't be seeing everything. And two, I, I'm always assuming you're talking about uh, Darcy and Stacey. That's who I think you're talking about. So like, <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, Carol is tweeting me like, bitch, I said this already. And I'm like, girl, I don't, if somebody, Meredith March like the Joker. Okay, Meredith March looks like the fucking Joker. Um, and if somebody looks like Heath Ledger doing the Joker, you need to text me directly and let me know. Like, this is, this is a thing you need to notify me about. Uh, Rachel sent me a photo side by side of Meredith March on the show and Meredith March on Watch What Happens Live. And she does look like the Lion King. She is so puffy. One eye is squeezed shut. Basically what the what the women, what my village uh, <laughs> explained to me is that, is that Meredith Marks is like basically fucking with her face. She's, it's pills. Let's start there. It's pills. Uh, <laughs> Kara says she still has access to Quaaludes or somehow. I don't know. How does she know Bill Cosby? I, I'm not sure. But like, <laughs> um, She's on some, she, it's pills. And then also that she's doing like really bad filler and Botox and stuff. And they also informed me, enlightened me, because I thought filler kind of dissolved after like um, a few months. But that's not true. That's Botox. Filler takes years. And I was not aware of that at all. So like, so yeah, it's a combination of things. And then also she's also standing awkwardly to kind of like hide it or something. And I really thought, I really thought, cause you know, you can miss things. You can miss whole fucking scenes. And just like, if it had been a scene with her talking to Brooks, I definitely fast forwarded through it. So like, I, I was just thinking like, I maybe I missed a scene of her like explaining that she had had like some sort of um, uh, brain thing or like a stroke or something. And that's, and I'm just really surprised none of the women on the show are talking. It's not a storyline. Uh, I guess we'll be waiting to season four or five when they're ready to talk about that. But that's really, uh, like, are, are we just going to, like, let Meredith, like, lean lopsided for two seasons and no one's going to address that? It's weird. Um, the other thing that I tweeted about, and I'm probably going to delete this because people are very sensitive about this. Liz had said that she talks about it all the time too, but people are very sensitive and she's right, is that when are, when are we going to talk about the fact that um, Lisa Barlow, 
There is no way Lisa Barlow eats as much fast food as she claims to eat. That's all she eats every day, all day. Unless it doesn't stay inside her. All right, I'll just leave it like that. Um, like the math ain't mathing, guys. That's not how it works. Um, and what I think happened is this, is that, you know, you got to do your audition tape. You got to seem special. You got to get, you seem wild on your audition tape and shit. And I think that what happened is that, you know, on the audition tapes, you got to be a little uh, wacky. You know what I mean? You have to be a little... And like, you have to act like you, like, like you'd be interesting on TV. And I think that Lisa Barlow, they were like, tell us something we wouldn't know about you, Lisa. And she's like, I love fast food. I love it. And then once she got on screen, she had to like, go to like a ton of fast food. Now, do I think she likes fast food? Probably. She probably enjoys fast food. She's probably someone that, um... In the circle she's running, it's really shocking that she's like, I love Taco Bell. Like, that's probably shocking. But does she eat Taco Bell all day? Does she go to In-N-Out all day? No, she doesn't, guys. N not with those abs, she doesn't. And so either she's lying about the amount of, of, um, either she's lying about the amount of, fast food she is consuming, right? So like she's only going to fat. It's true. It's possible she prefers fast food. That's her palate. Sure. And that she only feeds her kids fast food. That's possible too. But she's either lying about the amount of fast food she takes in daily or, and maybe lying's too tough of a word. Maybe exaggerating is the word. So you're like, I love, I love Taco Bell. I eat Taco Bell all the time. She's exaggerating. She eats Taco Bell maybe once a week. Or she is eating that much fast food and it doesn't stay in her. That's it. That's it. That's, those are the only two options there. Uh, there is no fucking way. And people are like, people will always come up and be like, why are you bullying naturally thin people? I'm not bullying anybody. Let me start there. I'm not bullying nobody. But I am saying that the math ain't mathin'. There are many, 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 many naturally thin people in here in this world that definitely do not, are not careful about how they eat and they stay very skinny. And that's like, they're cross the bear, I guess. But there is no way that Lisa Barlow in her 40s eats like that. And the way she says she eats, the amount she says she eats and has abs like that. That's not possible. That's not possible. And I definitely know people who eat like that and are very skinny. Now, skinny and fit are two different things. I know people who eat like that and are very skinny. They're all 14 to 17 years old. They're teenagers and they have teenager metabolism. There's no, and there's also no way that Lisa Barlow ate, eats like that at fast food and has been eating like that since she left her mother's home, which is what she wants us to believe that she grew up on carob thinking it was chocolate and shit like that. However... You ain't hear that shit from me. I'm not going to be talking about it. I just talked about it. I'm not going to be talking about it. Because like I said, guys, in real life, I am not a person that's like demands that like people, like I don't get people's business like that in real life. I'm, I'm like, I, I, if I knew Lisa Barlow in real life, I'd be like, oh, she doesn't really eat all that. Or, okay, so something else is going on. And then I leave it alone. Because the truth is like, 
you know, I think sometimes people who are not familiar with eating disorders or drug addictions or even all sorts of, of situations think that you can't like do that for a long time. Like, like people can't live regular lives, go to work, have kids, uh, I don't know, go on vacation, vote, do all kinds of shit and still have like this thing. And you can. I know thirty. I know thirty. Crackheads thirty years into the game, okay, and they still out here cracking, and they still out here living. They still. I mean, I'm sure it could be a better life, but I know long term drug addicts, long long term alcoholics, like decades and decades alcoholics, and they still living. You know what I'm saying? And it's quite possible to live for years and years and years and years and years and years with an eating disorder. Or that people just don't talk about. But I'm going to say that in terms of being on TV and being with this group of women, all right, this group of women that are, like, I would never be shocked that, um, that, I would never be shocked that uh, Mary had a cult. I wouldn't be shocked about that. I wouldn't be shocked that Mary had a cult and Mary had a cult for many, many decades. But it's the getting on TV that's shocking. Jen shit ain't shocking to me. It's not shocking at all. This is how a lot of these uh, telemarketing schemes run. They are fraudulent. <laughs> they are frauds. Uh, federal frauds. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because it's happening interstates. Um, uh, telecoms fraud. Uh, yeah, yeah. For decades, these things can go. But what shocks me is the getting on the TV. Um, and I'm, as I'm literally watching the show, and I see what Lisa Barlow looks like. Like, I already knew about the, I love fast food thing. I knew everyone talks about, when they're recapping the show, they talk about it. But, um, and then I look at Lisa Barlow and I was like, oh, okay, why don't you start talking about that? But I guess no one is. I guess that's, again, uh, season five when Jen is in jail and, and they've got some new people on there who are probably also racist. <laughs> Jenny. Jenny, um, Jenny and her husband are trying to make that youngest daughter happen. And y'all know I hate precocious kids. She's a YouTube kid. She's, or what I refer to as YouTube. Now I should be calling them TikTok kids. But you know, like, I've got a TikTok account and I and I do videos where I prank my dad. She's basically Ryan, who I fucking hate. <laughs> like, I I do not like that kid. Uh, another visceral reaction. Like, get the kid off my screen. Like, I do not like that in all this, in all the fakeness. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that at all. Um... And the other thing is, is that like, I'm hearing a lot about uh, Andy at the reunion talking about why isn't Coach Shaw getting the same, like getting that same work as Erica Jane did if he's married to someone who is accused of committing a lot of crimes. Okay, well, so here's the difference. Coach Shaw does not have a brand about how expensive it is to be <laughs> And how much money he pays. And how he has this glam squad with who pays very well. They're also his best friends. And they go everywhere. And they cost tens of thousands of dollars a day to employ. Like, <laughs> that's not Coach Shaw's brand. Coach Shaw is on television going, maybe we should downsize. Uh, do you, 
I don't know if we should buy that. Like, we don't need, the, like, that's what Coach Shaw is on TV saying. And Coach Shaw is also his job. And I'm not saying that, like, Erica Jane doesn't work. Erica Jane works. It's called The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Th that's work. You got to show up on time. You got to wait around, get mic'd up, uh, listen to producers, go to events that you, that, like, let's keep it real. Nobody would go to a lot of these fucking things if they didn't, if they weren't contractually obligated to because they're on a show. Um, you know, every time we see a scene of someone being like, who did you invite? Everybody that's on our TV show. That's who I invited. Everyone that's on the, look, you go back to the beginning of this show. Everybody that was in the intro, that's who's coming. <laughs> so, like, so, yeah, um, Erica Jane is, you know, doing her thing. And, uh, she is dealing with, um, a lot of stuff. Also, Erica Jane is not, Erica Jane played this incorrectly. Um, I don't think she listened to her lawyers who probably told her not to be on the show, but also I understand she probably needs the money to be on the show. And also she needs a brand consultant. She needs a, she needs a, who, what, what, what's her name from Scandal? She needs her because like you can't come out combative when, when you're, when you are involved in something like this, because here's the thing you, you and your husband are the center of this shit, right? So we either blame in him or we blame in both of you, which one you want it to be. So you can't come out combative about it. You cannot come out talking nicely about the person who did it. You can't do that. You have to come in soft. You Every scene of that sh show, I would have been broken. I would have been like, there. I would have had, what's this guy, what's the guy, Mikey? I would have been like, Mikey, can you put like a tear uh, stained my, uh, mascara on my face so it looks like I'm all, always crying? I would have, I I think she actually did that actually. <laughs> but, but I would have like been very soft because you cannot, like punching something soft is not satisfying, right? If you are sitting there talking about how it must have been your greed that uh, that you, if you had known, you wouldn't have done this, and 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 you just thought you were it was it was fun and it wasn't, and you didn't know anything about it. I would cry all the time about victims, and I'm not saying I would never say the words because legally, I mean, you should not do this. You should not say I am responsible. I would never say that. I would just say a couple of vague words and then start crying. I'd be like, I, me, wish, and I would never, like nothing you can use in court, <laughs> nothing definitive, <laughs> but I would cry all the time. And, and, and like I said, Erica is too, too much of a fighter, which I completely understand. I was just tweeting that like, um, that like on my tombstone, I wanted to say she went down fighting. I don't, I mean, she went down swinging. I don't know how I'm going to die, but bitch, my hands were not at my side and I fucking tried. I really fucking tried. And uh, whatever, even if I die in my sleep in my 90s, bitch, I went down swinging. Because <laughs> I'm always sort of in a fight. <laughs> but, but so I like, I totally understand that about Erica Jane. Erica Jane has hustled her way from an unhappy home in Georgia <laughs> to an estate in Palm Springs. <laughs> Is it Palm Street? Pasadena. Pasadena. Erica Jane is a hustler. And so I get it. I get it. When they, when that, um, 
when that special came out, The Housewife and The Hustler, I was like, uh, are they both talking about Erica Jane? She, she is a housewife and a hustler. She is a hustler. She's a survivor, okay? <laughs> I know that about her. But that's not what people want to see. They want to see you crumpled. They want to see you sad. They want to see... They just want to see you looking sufficiently cowled. And you on the internet tweeting about everybody's got their fingers pointed at me and it's not fair. It's just assault. Like, that's not, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. So, why am I talking about that? Oh, Coach uh, Shaw, it, he just, he he gives off different, he, 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 his whole brand is very different from that. His whole brand is very different from that. And also, let's keep it a thousand, thousand, thousand percent real. Keep it funky up in here. He's a man. And he will get less than, then, um, then Erica would get any day of the fucking week. It's just how it is. All if everything else was equal, if if they if Coach Shaw did all these rap songs about all the money he spends and all this other shit, then yeah, yeah, yeah. All things being equal, she's still gonna get it worse than him because she's a woman. Um. Yeah, so, I mean, he is a black man, so, you know what? We just have to wait and see on that one. But the truth, the, the fact of the matter is it's not like that. He he is very much looking, he is very much looking to not uh, uh, seem flashy and things like that. And so it's easier. Although, I'll tell you this, I think that if you benefit from a partner of any sort uh, bringing in a lot of fucking money, then you have a responsibility to have an understanding of where the money comes from. Uh, at least a, 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 a basic responsibility. And I think that in Erica's case, Tom Girardi had money before she met him. He was well known in the legal cir circles. He was, he was the uh, Aaron Brockovich lawyer. Like, you know, like, I mean, he's the one at the end. But still, like, I... I understand why she thought he had this money. Why I understand what her understanding of what the money comes from. I actually like a lot of people are like Erica Jane was shooting in the gym with him. Basically, she was in the office signing paperwork. She was signing paperwork, but not that she knew. Like, I don't think she perpetrated this with him. I don't think she was like, you know what, Tom? What you need to do is go in the escrow account that you legally are supposed to hold. And you're like, I don't think that's what she said at all. I think that she's just really guilty of um, of greed, of uh, being entirely too flashy with money, and of not reading things she signed, just signing whatever. That's I think that's what she's really guilty of. Doesn't mean she doesn't owe money, just so you understand what I'm saying. Uh, doesn't matter if you knew what happened, you now have... You now have money that doesn't belong to you or items that don't belong or spot with money that didn't belong to you and you now have to return it. That's the thing. However, I think Coach Shaw is in a different position and I think Coach Shaw should have been asking a lot more fucking questions. I think Coach Shaw has a, has a good understanding of finances, of their finances probably, in a way that Erica did not. And for... 
his wife is saying, we need to move into this rental for the show. We need to do this and that. And how are we going to get this money? And like, I think that he really had an obligation to be like, well, where's the money coming from? And then he's, and then she's like, um, you know, my business is doing really well. What business? What do you mean? Why? What do you mean you make, um, uh, you make half a million dollars a year, uh, hanging out with Stuart and feeding him bananas? What, what does this mean? What does this mean? Like, I think he had more of a duty to question than Erica did or more of a reason to question than Erica did. So, well, there, there's that. Um, yeah, so I'm catching up on Salt Lake City. Um, I'm going to put a trigger warning at the beginning of this because I did talk about eating disorders for some time, but I, I'm just like, I just want to Camille grammar and be like, there, we said it. Now we said it. Like somebody needs to say something, either stop, talking about like and and Lisa Barlow having an eating disorder is not like I don't want to attack Lisa Barlow for having an eating disorder I want Lisa Barlow to stop pissing on me and tell me it's raining stop talking about all the fast food like you're not eating that you're working out like crazy you're not eating that or if you are eating that you are you don't keep it so like let's talk about something else um, guys, this is not a regular episode of, um, of By Pumpkin. This is a sponsored episode, sponsored by, let me, Kayla, sponsored by Kayla. Um, Kayla sent me a message on, on Patreon and she asked me to sponsor an episode. She paid me 20 bucks and I did an episode. Uh, you can do the same thing. All you have to do is email me at hello at buypumpkinpodcast.com or you can message me on patreon.com and let's let's figure it out. Pitch me something and I'll and I'll see what we can do. Uh, what she asked for is a Sex in the City episode, season four, episode one, The Agony and the Ecstasy. It's Carrie's 35th birthday. Um, the thing is, is that like, you know, guys, I rewatched Sex in the City not too long ago. I did a whole rewatch. I did it backwards though. I happened to be watching the, the, the second season, ha the second movie happened to be on and I watched that and then I watched the first movie and then I went back and watched different seasons. And, you know, there's a preamble to every episode, most episodes. This one was all about uh, Salt Lake City. And I had several preambles where I was talking about my rewatch of Sex and the City. And then, and just like that, the revival, not a reboot, a revival, uh, and a continuation, a new show, came out and I definitely talked about that. I watched that shit every day, much like uh, Real Housewives of Miami on Thursdays, my kids went to school and I watched and just like that. So, and it's seven o'clock in the fucking morning and was it good? No, not at all. Mm. There were moments that were good. Was it necessary? Uh-uh, not at all. <laughs> Did I plan? Did I watch every single episode multiple times? Yes, I did. And and they just got renewed for a season two, and I'll be watching that too. I look forward to complaining about it on the internet and on the beginnings of my podcast every time it comes on. I look forward to texting people wild rage accusations as if they broke the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. My relationship to Sex in the City. Uh, Sex in the City, I was an adult when Sex in the City, or 
felt like an adult when, when Sex and the City oh, uh, premiered. I watched it not always religiously. I didn't always have HBO. My early 20s are a blur. They're tough. So I didn't always like sit down and watch TV. Like I, I just, uh, there's a lot going on. And so, um, but I definitely seen every episode and um, I will say that I have not really identified with them. Um, I'm just, it's just not, I don't like, like if I was forced to identify with anybody, it'd be Miranda because it's, it, her personality is much how I approach life. And I got a little bit of Charlotte in me because I really like things the way I like things. Like when she is, when Charlotte's like, I guess it's a baby shower. She's like, no, no pink, no ruffles, no blah, blah. And Charlotte, she has that very of the time headset that's like on the side of her head. Like she's on tour with Britney. And she's she's like screaming like, what do you mean? No baby marzipan, no blah, 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 blah. She's like, why don't we just get a piece of dog poop with a brown, like she's screaming. That is absolutely me. I'm like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Like I am very much like a... <laughs> I like things the way I like them. And then I think there's a proper way to do things. <laughs> so, but yeah, I am definitely, and, but also like in terms of sex, and I talked about this briefly on the, the Patreon episode this week, by the way, this week, um, we're doing some palate cleansers in between Patreon bonus series. And I did Chelsea's 16 and pregnant. I spoke for two hours for absolutely no reason, but I had a good time. And I also was on Everyone's Business But Mine, Kara's episode, Kara's uh, podcast. She has a Patreon as well. And I was on there for three hours talking about Bad Vegan with Kara. I had a really good time. I'll tell you this though. If you're looking for a lot of sympathy towards Sarma, um, the the main character of uh, Bad Vegan, that's not the episode for you. I, it's very difficult for me to find a lot of sympathy. Like obviously she was abused, right? You know, but it's, it's a lot it's very difficult for me to find a lot of sympathy for Sarma and that um, she does not express in the documentary, at least, I don't know what she's doing on a daily basis besides walking that fucking dog. Uh, in the documentary, she does not express an immense amount or even like a moderate amount of empathy for the people that she fucked over. She fucked over a lot of people, including her own mother and, or at least her part in it. And like, and then she's also still in contact with the dude, like fl talking flirtatiously on the phone. Like I just, her whole demeanor about it. And I understand that like, she doesn't owe me, like she doesn't owe any of us like a, a blow by blow of all her feelings on what happened to her and what she did. I understand that. But then don't do this documentary right now. Wait 10 years and do it when you have a better, when you have a better grasp on what happened and what that means. Because in this, she's mostly like, I was a victim. I don't know how. Blah, 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 blah. Isn't that crazy? Here, l listen to me talk to him and flirt with him. Like, it's 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 difficult. I wasn't on the run, but I did change my name and cover up my tattoo and refuse to talk to anybody and, like, and move from city to city. I was, but I wasn't on the run. Not me. Um, like, <laughs> it's difficult. So if you are going into that being like, you want me, you want me and Kara to, to, to be, to be all like, poor Sarma. You're not going to get it, so skip that. But if you want three hours of me and Kara just chatting it up, kikiing it up, that go to Everyone's Business But Mine's Patreon and I'm over there. Um, why did I just say that? 
What was I talking about? I was talking about... Mm. What? What the fuck was I talking about? Oh, I was talking about um, Turning Red. So Turning Red, it's on Disney+. Plus. Uh, I loved it. My kids loved it. Uh, as I was absolutely a may-may. Um, not in that, like, I, like, I was super bonded to my mom and I wanted to do everything. Not like that, but that in that when I was, like, 13 years old, I was absolutely, um, walking around, like, thinking I had, like, everything figured out and I was, like, a grown-up and I was, like, getting the best grades. And also, like, remember that part where she's on the bus and she's, like, living that hustle life, huh? To an adult sitting next to her. I absolutely would sidle up to, like, a a lunch lady and be like, so, um, how's your husband's liver cancer? You haven't given me any updates lately. I, that's not like a thing I would do. I would like be best friends with a lunch lady or a custodian and know all about his motherfucking life. And be like, so, um, are your kids grades getting up? Cause you know, it's tough being a 10th grader. I'm not a 10th grader. I'm in the eighth grade. <laughs> it's, just, it's tough being a 10th grader, you know, like he's, kids you know like I absolutely thought would talk to adults that way as if we were on the same motherfucking level and many times adults would have to like bap, slap me down verbally back to <laughs> I'd be like what do you mean well you don't want to talk about your divorce with me <laughs> I can feel like <laughs> so that reminds me of me the fact that I like I was I was very confident I did have my girl my gang of people that I really wasn't a girl gang but it was a gang of people that I was like like really bonded with and I was always like busy and always had like <laughs> and I think that was about the year I really got into planners and stuff and like I always have my planner and I have like <laughs> and and I was weird in a lot of ways but like confidently weird <laughs> like really fucking confident in my weirdness and so like I was just like get on this fucking train man because I'm over here doing shit and also incredibly horny. In my preteen and teenage years, I was incredibly horny. And I'm not going to give out details because they're gross. But like, I was always in a light sheen of hormonal sweat. <laughs> you could smell the hormones on me. Like, I'd walk by and you'd be like, is that puberty? Like, I was like, Ugh. I was in, I was like, like, I will give you one detail I used to do. I used to turn to the Spice channel because I didn't have free access to porn, right? If I had free access to porn, I'd be on the fucking internet at all times. Uh, I just didn't have access to porn and my parents did not have like, like other people's parents' house, like whatever pornography they had in their house, I had definitely already seen if I'd gone to the house. Like anybody's parents that I knew that I hung out with, I've definitely seen your stash of pornography. But my parents didn't keep pornography like that. I know I've been through all their shit. Uh, your kids go through all your shit, guys. You guys know must know that. So I just didn't have access to the internet in that way. I didn't get the internet until the next year. And even then, it did not occur. Like, internet porn was not what it is today, okay? So, so what I would do is I would turn to the Spice channel, which was scrambled, right? Spice channel is a pay-per-view porn channel. Um... It's scrambled, but it scrambles and unscrambles and you could hear it. And I would just listen to that to, <laughs> I would like listen to it and it'd be fuzzy, but fuck me, 
put it in this hole. <laughs> like, I would listen to that and then read Harlequin romance novels, like, at the same time. <laughs> but I don't, listen, listen. I, I, I did, I did what I had. Okay. <laughs> so, so when, when we talk about who we are in the Sex and City Girls, like I, if anybody ever like in my, like before I was married and everything, like, and I got married in my late twenties, by the way. So through high school in my early 20s, I was absolutely a Samantha. I was absolutely a fucking Samantha. But like, I did not think of that as a whole personality type. I That's just what you're doing. Like, like, it, I, I, even like, if I had been in this story, which I would have been in the story because I'm black and black people didn't really exist in Sex in the City, the original show in that way, okay? Um, and we all know why. It's called racism. It's called that uh, people did not, we didn't get call outs on Twitter, which didn't exist of, uh, of for, at the beginning of Sex and City, um, for um, diversity and casting. Like that. that's just not, they did that because they could. Because they were allowed to and they could. And racism. Um, internalized racism. Systematic racism. Not that I think that Darren Starr and Patrick, whatever his name is, were like, you know what? Let's do some racist shit today. I don't think that. I just think that like part of systematic racism is that they were like, we don't need any people of color on this show. What are you talking about? They wouldn't know any black people except for the one that Sam fucked and one time Miranda fucked somebody. But it was Blair fucking Underwood. So like, mm, mm. I don't know if they really considered him a black guy on the team. I mean, I, you know. But like, I wouldn't be on the show. But if I were on the show, they would, I would be Samantha's slutty friend in this context. And like, but never in my life did I consider, I just was really interested in sex and having sex and doing sex. And I didn't have, you know, uh, I'm so happy. Well, Twitter just told me I've been on there for 13 years, which is a fucking lie. Cause I think this is my second Twitter handle. I've changed my Twitter handle, handle a little bit, but I think the first time I changed it, I didn't realize like how to change it while keeping the account. So what you do is you open a new um, Twitter account with a, username and then you change your username to your new username and you move the and then you go to that new twitter account and change it to your old username and you can keep both names but at the time like in early days of twitter i didn't really know that so i would just so if i had to change like there are times when i needed to keep a certain account and i would just make a new account or something like that and so like i've definitely been on twitter longer than 13 years but I've been married for, it'll be 15 years this year. And so in the, my, or my teens and early 20s, I did not have Twitter, right? So I did not have like all this record of my everyday goings on. I had a, a journal and I just, I don't know. I guess people, like nobody would have ever called me a slut, but I was having like an incredible amount of sex. Like I just was. So it never occurred to me like that was something different than like, it was only through Sex and the City that I was like, oh, so there is a character that is the slut. And guys, you know, I don't use uh, slut in a bad way. I think I, that's not a derogatory term to me. I, it's a descriptive term. 
term, excuse me. But like, unfortunately, I didn't have shit in my early 20s because like the way I talked about things was very different. I, I don't know who the fuck that was. I've changed. I've had a million lives since I was 22 years old. Um, and I'm sure that like I had problematic things to say, dumb opinions, things that like if I read now, I'd be like, why would I even say that? That's stupid. But all this to say is that like, when I think when I, my relationship to sex in the city is that I never thought of myself as one of them, right? Because like sex in the city was always like about fashion and about girlfriends and about finding men. And I've never been a person that was, was one about fashion. I dress comfortably. I dress comfortably in what makes me happy. If like, I think a color is cute and it makes me happy. That's what I put on. I have no idea what people are wearing or why they're wearing it. I don't have any idea. I've never been cool in my entire life. And it's kind of on brand for me not to be cool. So like in terms of like when I think of fashion, I think of people that like understand trends and are cool people. And in terms of cool, I think like cool is like people want to be like you. Um, You're very uh, almost not even mysterious, but like, People don't know what you're going to do next. Like, cool. And I'm more of an awesome person and that I, like, get all my shit all over you. And, like, I don't have a lot of secrets. Uh, not too many. And I get really excited about things. And I do things that I'm really, really excited about. And a lot of times that does not align with what people like. And that's okay. Like, I've never been... I was watching something where they were like, don't you miss being cool? And there's some ladies in their early 40s. And I was like... No. <laughs> when was I cool? I've never been cool. I had a pogo stick. <laughs> I begged for a pogo stick. My prison father bought me a pogo stick. <laughs> I told myself I had to juggle in my room and then juggled for, I've never juggled in front of anybody, but I know how to juggle. <laughs> I just juggle for fun. I just, you know, it was exercise. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to be a person that juggles. <laughs> I have a personality built for the internet, um, not an in-person personality at all. And so like, um, I didn't really see myself with the Sex and the City girls, right? Like I didn't like this looking for a man thing. I was never looking for a man. <laughs> I found plenty of them. I found plenty of men and women and I had a good time doing it. But I was never like, where the boys at? I was never <laughs> like that. And in terms of like, Carrie, I there's a lot of shit I just don't understand about Carrie. We'll get to it. Um, but if I had to pick, I was more of a Miranda because that's the way I talk and the way I present. And I do like to go to work. <laughs> and I love Chinese food. And I order the same thing all the time. And I have gotten like fucked over, not fucked over, but definitely like microaggression <laughs> when when I when I say, hey, um, I want to order, and I'm like, yeah, we know what you want to order, bitch. <laughs> Yeah, but I did not stop going. I was like, good. Now that you know, know that. Write that shit down. Tell the new employees so I don't have to say it every time. Um, and I have a bit of a Charlotte in me in that um, I like things the way I like them. And, but yeah, I'm, uh, Samantha was absolutely a part of like, I don't know if I would identify with Samantha, but like, we were having similar amounts of sex. And I was like, okay. And she had a lot of good opinions. She really did. 
even back then, I know like the like now the the cool thing to do is to go back at things and be like, no, it really was this or that. You know, it's totally different than what I thought before. I know that. Like that happens a lot to me when I'm revisiting these older shows. And now everybody's like very pro Samantha, but you know, at the time she really was viewed as someone that was like on a different planet and she wasn't saying like even then I was like she's not saying anything wild like in this episode she goes home and masturbates uh to fire fuck and she she loves a pun I'm a punny person too I mean sometimes we go too far Carrie but still um she she's like I can masturbate to, to whoever I want to and I'm like Within reason, there are some exceptions, but yeah, I agree. Like, uh, I don't need your permission to masturbate to you. Now, I if I am going to like come and talk to you about it, if I'm going to share that information with with you, then I do need your permission to do that. Uh, but if it's just a me thing and I go home and and like rub one out, then uh, it, that's none of your business. <laughs> but. Watching it recently, right? Because I rewatched, like I said, I rewatched the entire series. They were in their th- mid thirties to forties, and a lot of it was like, I cannot imagine being this worried about dating in my mid thirties to mid forties. Now, to be fair, in my mid thirties to mid forties, I was I was married, um, so dating was not a thing I ever thought about, but. Even if I wasn't, I do not believe I will be this obsessed with men. And the thing that I we have to think about and we have to remember is that this show was concepted by men, written by men. I'm not saying there was never a woman in the writer's room ever. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying there was no there's no women taking part in concepting at all. But the showrunner was a man. The person who created it for HBO was a man. And sometimes I feel like they did get a couple of things wrong, you know, that, or excuse me, they didn't get a couple of things wrong because these women absolutely exist and they still exist today. But there are also other women <laughs> that would find these women to be like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? And it's unfair for you to, ex- any of us to expect any content to perfectly mirror our experiences or anything like that. That like, that w- people got the game fucked up when they do that. Even, even people that are like, I need you, I, that are like demanding me to do certain content. And I'm like, guys, like you want me to pick my own content because the reason you listen to this is because you think I'm funny or you think I'm entertaining or it's easy to listen to me while you're cleaning your bathroom. And if you don't let allow me to go where my heart takes me, you're not gonna get that. This voice doesn't just show up. It comes from me consuming and talking about and analyzing content that speaks to me. And not all the content that speaks to me is gonna speak to you and vice versa and that's okay. And if you can't find yourself or find your joy or find your stuff in what in this over here, you got to go find it somewhere else. And so like, I would never say, how dare they for focus on these types of women. Um, I will say it's not realistic for you to focus on these types of women and they don't know any people of color ever, uh, besides people that serve them and things like that. But 
it's not their responsibility to show me what I want to see. Um, I understand that. I'm just saying that, like, the way that this show got a lot of buzz and was a pop culture phenomenon made it seem like this is what women were like. And not all women were like this. And not all women found themselves and could figure out themselves in this group. And many women were like, I'm a little bit of this. I'm a little bit of that. I'm, I'm all of these girls. And plenty of other women were like, bitch, I am not on that screen. Um, Insecure did a really good job of showing me myself, right? Sometimes, not all the time. But they did a really good job of showing myself. But there are reasons for that. It's written by a black woman. It's concepted by a black woman. The people on the TV are black. They are going through things that I would go through. It's in my time, right? Uh, Sex in the City, they were always older than me. I mean, this episode, they're turning 35, and I was like, <laughs> I have not turned 35 in a very, very long time, buddy. So, yeah, like, um, I am, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with that. I, I do want to make sure I make these points. Um, Sex in the City takes a snapshot of a very specific person. It's not, it's not, uh, a very specific person, a very specific time. It's not for everybody. It doesn't have to be. And it didn't age that well. <laughs> it really didn't, but that's okay. And I'm sorry, I'm really distracted. Um, my dog is doing something disgusting. Hold on, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Um, I don't even remember what I was saying, but I hope you got the gist of it and I hope I didn't sound like an idiot. Um, let's, let's get into the episode. So we start off with everyone getting ready and each cut scene, each scene, like each cut to a character, like it's like Carrie, Charlie, Samantha, Miranda, like getting ready to meet up. And everybody has like this, um, um, hmm, this talisman in their scene. It's very quick. Like Carrie has cigarette butts. She hasn't quit smoking yet. Um, like Carrie, I can't think of Carrie without smelling cigarettes. Uh, Charlotte has mints that go in her purse. Like her purse is laid out. Um, Sam has condoms that she's in her, in her, uh, in her little cut. And Miranda has a Palm Pilot, a Palm Pilot. Um, so they're all on their way to an engagement party of a straight friend they've all, they've had, a straight guy friend they've had for about 10 years. His name is Danny. And the engagement party, the invitation is like two souls, one thought. And Carrie rightfully says that if it's, it's two people and you have only have one thought between the two of you, that's a fucking problem. Uh, I don't know who the fuck said this. I, I might have read it on Ice-T's Twitter, but Ice-T be stealing shit, so I don't know where it came from. But Ice-T said that whoever Ice-T got this from said, um that like being in love and in, in, in a relationship, a good relationship is not staring at each other. It's staring in the same direction. And that I truly believe. And so often when people portray like a marriage or a good relationship or a romantic relationship or a soulmate relationship, which we'll get into this episode, um, what they're showing us is two people staring at each other, can't see past each other. And that's just not realistic for life. That's not realistic for a long-term relationship. Uh, it is part of the flawed narrative about long-term relationships and that is that the two of you are obsessed with each other and only each other, but that can't last forever. And so you can't have a long-term relationship on that. Ask Kim and Kanye. 
No, don't ask them. <laughs> um, this is when I realized they've all had sexual encounters with Danny. Um, Sam has had anal sex with him. Uh, Carrie has had sex one board weekend where she just did him. And Charlotte had a New Year's Eve kiss. And Miranda showed him her boob in a coat room one time. But not the other one because she sensed he couldn't commit. And this is all, again, the writers are, 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 I mean, this is season four. This is when Patrick King, I think his name is Patrick King. I should look this up. Hold on. I'm back and I was absolutely motherfucking wrong. His name is Michael Patrick King, okay? <laughs> so, like, so typical of me. But Michael Patrick King in that interview that I listened to of him was saying that, like, season four is where it started to gel together. Season one and two are shaky. They're tough. And that whenever somebody tells him that, they, that they're looking for uh, a new sex in the city or they're saying, why can't it just be sex in the city? You're looking for season four. And they only go to season six. So yeah, they only go to season six. So like, I get where he's coming from with that. That like, you, when you think of how great sex in the city is, you're thinking of like when it all gelled together and it started working. Um, but the writers are doing... Things like showing us this is who each of these characters are, you know, and like that story about how they all interacted sexually with this dude and, you know, uh, it's, it's like emblematic of that. But here's the thing. My question is, what the fuck are y'all talking about these brunches? Because you are saying that you are saying like, you guys didn't talk about this? I absolutely, if you would have said what you do this week, and I'd be like, showed my boob to Danny because what else are you going to do when the coat check girl can't find your Kurt, can't find your coat? It was killing time. So I was like, you want to see this titty? That's, I would have absolutely said that. Like, we're, these are close, close friends. These are best friends. Miranda and Carrie are best friends. Sam is, you know how like in, in Insecure, and I'm going to keep going back to this because this is this is a, a similar show to this that, that happened more recently. In that show, Molly and Issa are best friends and Tiffany. <laughs> oh, oh, girl, why do I have to look this shit up? Uh, Tiffany and Kelly. Our best friends and together they form a best friends group right it's similar to that carrie and miranda are best friends samantha is carrie's friend they're friends charlotte is friends with carrie they're not always friends together but throughout the years they are they have formed this very close-knit group that in which they tell each other things and they spend time together and holidays and they know everything about it. Later, Charlotte walks into some, uh, Carrie's house. We don't do that unless we're very, very, very close. I don't know anybody I let just walk in my house. Not even my mama. So, but that's that's me. I have walls. <laughs> walls up. And so, like, remember, like, so much, you guys remember that. You guys make sure you give Watch what crappens their flowers. So much of what I think of pop culture, especially Bravo shows, what people say and do is not what they say and do. It's what uh, Ronnie and Ben say they do. It's I'm listening to an impression. 
I'm remembering an impression that Ronnie and Ben did of these people. Candy from Atlanta never goes in a room and goes, Riley. But she's never done that. I've never heard her go, Riley. But every time someone mentions her daughter, Riley, in my head, I go, Riley. Because they did it a lot. And what they would do with Bethany, because Bethany would always talk about, from New York, obviously, Bethany would always talk about how, you know, she's got walls. She's, you know, she's got trauma. She's, got, you know, she she never had a mother. She never had a father. She, she, and quickly, she talked very quickly about, you know, no one's ever loved her. I've never had a family. I got walls. I got my walls up. And so, like, whenever <laughs> I think about, like, you know, someone who's just, like, cautious with people or, or even Bethany at all, I go, like, I think about, Ben and, and Ronnie going, walls up, walls up, I got my walls up. <laughs> they really do need, we need to give them their flowers. They have influenced us to, I mean, I've never looked at Alexia and not think, oh, well, you know, Peter, I've never, because that's what they say she says. Now, I think she did say that like one time. <laughs> and for the last 15 years, I've been like, mm, oh, well, you know, Peter. And so, <laughs> anyway, I got my walls up. So you can't come in my house just, Anytime, any time, willy nilly. That said, um, these these women are very close, and so I don't know why y'all don't know y'all did a little something something with Danny. But you need to expand your uh your brunch talk. I would know that you guys had fucked Danny within ten minutes of meeting you because I would know everything about you. Like that's that's how I deal. That's how I relate to people. I get all the information, and so like you guys need to share more. So they get to the engagement party and they find themselves like just saying congratulations a lot and like just really dealing with people going, are you single? Like, oh, where's your man? Where's <laughs> Like just real life rude shit like in 2022. I think that we finally got to the point where you know that we don't walk up to people and ask them, why aren't you with a person here? Where's your children? We don't do shit like that. You just talk to people. Why don't you have any kids? Like that, that's stupid. Like... <laughs> It's incredibly rude, but, you know, back then they could do it. Um, you know, Danny doesn't even remember their names because he's so in love. <laughs> um, there's a big, there's a small throwaway scene where Sam is talking to a TV agent who's incredibly rude to, to waitstaff, which is a no for me fucking dog. Like, get the fuck out of here with that. As soon as you do some shit like that, it's over with. It's over. I When my, I met my husband, he didn't really know how to tip, and I taught him how to tip. I told him how to tip me first and then I showed him how to tip other people. But we went somewhere with his, I guess it's his cousin. I don't know. My husband loves a play cousin. So I think this is his cousin. So like we went somewhere with his cousin and his cousin stole the tip I left for the waitress. And if you want to see, y'all ain't never seen me mad. <laughs> y'all ain't never seen me mad. It was, it was like $10. Okay. It wasn't like a huge tip guys. Um, but she had to deal with a lot of like broy dude stuff. So I, so I made sure to tip her well. It was I think we were a fucking IHOP. So that tells you how much our fucking check was. And he stole the fucking tip. Girl, girl. <laughs> My husband still talks about that day. I had only been dating him like a very short. Because keep in mind, we only dated for two weeks before we were living together. So I only know him a very short period of time. And then your whack-ass cousin stole this fucking tip. I was about to fight them in an IHOP parking lot. <laughs> Yo, I, this, is, this dude's a no for me. Um, so 
And then Charlotte, we see someone ask her where her husband is, which is also a strange thing. I think even then, like, well, more like she goes, is your husband here? Um, and I think that's a, a, a less rude question than where is your husband? Because I mean, she's wearing her wedding ring and she just kind of spews all over them the situation with Trey and how they're separated, but not legally. And they're just talking and they're trying to figure it out and, you know, sexual things. And I'm like, Charlotte, girl, that's typical. Listen, I'm going to tell you all this. Anybody that, can, anybody that can hear the sound of my voice right now. In fact, if you are listening to me, take off your earbuds Put me on speakerphone and, and turn this bitch up so everybody can fucking hear this, okay? Don't you ever in your motherfucking life legally and spiritually bind your, and or, because not everybody does it, legally and or spiritually bind yourself to another person if you do not have a good handle on what your future sex life will be. Don't you fucking do it. It doesn't matter what your sex life will be. It just matters that the two of you are good with what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? At least for now, because people change. Things change. Uh, I had a lot of sex in my teens and 20s. and But I do not, like, my husband still thinks he is 21. And I often have to be like, yo, when are you going to get erectile dysfunction? Because... I'm busy and I do not have time. Girl, don't look at me like that. Like, you can't look this fucker in the eye. But that, you know, that's his love language. He likes to be touched. He like, like he's a cuddle bunny. And if you are not physically touching him, he doesn't believe you love him. That's, that's how it is. So I got to work with what I got to work with. But, you know, people, people change. People change over time. But don't you ever start something like this and not have a good grasp about what your sex life's gonna be. And it doesn't matter what it's gonna be. It just matters that the two of you are gonna be good with it. And I don't mean vague. I don't mean you guys like casually, like we both think this or whatever. I, you work it out. You must know. I believe you should never, ever marry anyone without fucking them for at least six months. But that's me. Okay, that's me. I know not everybody has my values, but it, sex is a really important part of relationships. Whether you have it a lot, a little, whether uh, there's no penetration, whether there's only pegging, whether there's, well, pegging is penetration, but whether like it's just going to be you holding a dick uh, while he looks at TV, whatever the fuck y'all think it's going to be. Y'all have should, should have worked it out. And the fact that Charlotte... Never had sex with Trey. Never had real conversations about what sex is going to be like with Trey. And she only had that one, like the day before the wedding, like I guess he came over and they fucked and he couldn't keep it up. And she was really sad at her wedding for that, for those reasons. Um, She was like, what's going to happen? And then nothing happened. Like a lot of nothing. Um, I just... Like, obviously this is something that Charlotte would do, but like, girl, you need to get all the stuff down. Like you, you need to know what financially you guys are going to do. What, what's your philosophy on raising children? Like, give me some, let's talk, let's do some scenarios. Are we not going to have children? Cool. Just tell, just as long as we know that. 
Um, with, me and my husband agree not to have children. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, but we had conversations about things, about what we wanted to do. And the truth is, with in my particular marriage, there are things that, because we got married so fast, and be, because we were in a relationship so fast, we were in a relationship, relationship far faster than Trey and Charlotte were. We just didn't get married as fast as they did. Um, there are things that if I had known then, if I knew now, if I had known then what I know now, I would have not been in this relationship. There, I would have dated him. I wouldn't have lived with him. I certainly wouldn't have married him. That's the truth. And I think people say, like, if I say that, people are like, oh, you know, we married him. No, that's not what I fucking said. I said that if I, if I had more information about certain things, I wouldn't have married him. That's the truth. Maybe I would have fucked him for a little while, but I wouldn't have married him. And like, I'm just being honest about that. He's, I, he knows this. And we literally had an agreement to be child free and were child free for a long time. And then he found out he had a child who was adopted, but who wanted him to be in their life. And he started a new journey that we was not on the same road for. And that changed everything. But the but the fact is, like, we had agreement of that. We knew what we knew what our sex lives wanted. We knew what we wanted it to look like. We knew what each of us needed sexually and what we could do and what we couldn't do for each other. We had these conversations, and it still were a lot of twists and turns. Now imagine you don't even have the conversations. And you just go in there blind. You have to. And if it's something, if it's something like sex, you have got to have it worked out. And and if if you possibly can, because I know some of you, I don't know anybody listening to this who couldn't, but many people cannot because they don't have sex before they get married. Fine. Charlotte, you definitely had sex before you got married. I don't know why you was acting like this. Fine. But you have to have serious laid out fucking conversations about sex what you like what you don't like what your experiences are i you just have to and like don't let don't let a friend do that either if your friend is saying they're gonna do something like that stop them stop them now because it's a bad idea um Later, Carrie confronts Miranda about doing a little stand-up comedy routine, like when people were asking about whether she'd like how to date, like was dating anybody or seeing someone special. And Miranda says she does that because people are all uncomfortable around single women. And Carrie says there are couples that wish they had their lives. And Miranda says, I don't think so. And Miranda, you're wrong. Everybody, I'm not saying everybody wishes their life was different because I don't think that's true. Like, do I really wish my life was different than the way it is? I obviously, things could be better always, obviously. But I'm a big believer that you build the life you want to have and that you are in control of that. And that even if it's just a smidge better, you can do it. Um, even if you can fix one little tiny thing, you can do that. And it'll make you a lot happier. But everybody is doing something hard or dumb or stressful in their life and goes, I wouldn't have to do this if X. You know, my friend so-and-so doesn't have to do this because she's got this and this and this. Yeah, everybody does that. 
And so, yeah, there are tons of couples. You know how many unhappy people there are in this world? How many unhappy relationships there are in this world that look at Carrie Miranda and go, oh, Miranda gets to go home to an apartment that's just her and her cat fatty and she doesn't have to deal with kids or a partner or a mom that lives with her and she just gets to get in her own bed and go to sleep. Miranda's so lucky. There are plenty of people that say that. There are plenty of people that look at Carrie's wardrobe and goes, listen, bitch, I don't know how you got all those fucking clothes, but I wish that I had a life like yours. I wish Carrie's apartment is so perfect. I always said my apartment in Chicago was just like Carrie's apartment. It was really like two walls that was keeping it from being a fucking studio. <laughs> and it was just perfect for me and my husband. Just perfectly perfect for me and my husband. And Carrie's apartment is perfect, perfectly for her. People envy that. People, There are plenty of people that envy shit like that. Like this idea that everyone else is having the time of their lives and everyone else is so happy and everyone else has, is like exactly where they should be except for you is anxiety, depression, bullshit talking to you, okay? And those bitches are liars. So after the party... Uh, Charlotte busts into Trey's apartment, like, in the middle of the night. Like, the doorman is with her, and Trey has to, like, kind of uh, send him off. And she wants to talk about what they're doing. Like, I need to know what's going on. And she has notes. <laughs> she has note cards. But, I mean, I got notes, too. But I just wouldn't show the notes. Like, I... I learned early on, people don't like it when you show them the notes. <laughs> so just write down the notes and then hide them when you go out. Like, you got to memorize them. Because if you bring out the notes, everybody's like, oh, here go the notes. <laughs> Sometimes me and my, my husband have talks and he'll be, and I'll finish it. He'll be like, he'll be like uh, did we just have a board meeting? And I'll be like, yeah, uh, I need to write down what we said so that we all know what we agreed to. Because, I mean, we everyone says they're going to do what they just said, but then they don't. <laughs> anyway um she's there to talk about Trey and Trey is like well we did have sex on the floor of your apartment and that's just not enough uh they had sex on the floor of the apartment after they broke up right and I know it was just like one good really like on the floor um guys remember when Charlotte they, they were still married and Charlotte walked in on Trey um uh, masturbating she was like super offended um I don't know why. Uh, well, I do know why because of the way Charlotte thinks of things. But masturbating and having sex are two different things. And like, he's not cheating on you. But I do understand that Charlotte doesn't feel that way. And also she is not getting any sex. So she, <laughs> she's like, you over here wasting it, bitch. <laughs> and also but when he was like masturbating, I he's looking in the mirror and he is grabbing like the, his his motions on his dick look like he want to rip that bitch off and throw it down a hallway it's scary go back and rewatch that scene I was like that's serial killer shit right there you're like looking into your own eyes as you masturbate and like yanking on your body parts all over bruh when did you stop loving yourself <laughs> that was a very uh, young love thing to say Baby girl, when did you stop loving yourself? <laughs> Get on these mammy titties. Anyway, so um, Charlotte, like, correctly knows what's wrong. The thing is, Trey only wants, because he's trying to kiss her and, like, you know, get something going. Only wants her when he can't have her. That's it. When, when she's at home and she's the wife, he's got, like, a Madonna whore kind of thing going on. And basically that wife is, like, 
not sexy and not for sex. And so, you know, um, she needs, yeah. <laughs> so, um, they, you know, they're kissing and groping and Trey gets a boner and then he comes on her dress, like prematurely. They're just talking. He's like, oh, <laughs> and he offers her a hanky and to pay for dry cleaning. And she leaves and tells him to stop calling her. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think Charlotte could have had a good life if she stayed with Trey? For me, it depends on what you think a good life is. Like the truth is, I think a person like Charlotte could easily have been Trey McDougal's wife and everything that goes with that, with the money and the and the prestige and the, the circles they run in and adopted three kids, you know, that's if Trey was willing. Because I think Trey was just like, we're just not going to have any children. And I don't think that was going to work for Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte has... I don't know. I, I just don't think that that's in Charlotte's plans. And yeah, could she have had a good life? Yeah, I think she, a life that Charlotte thinks is good. Yeah, but I do, do, do not believe she could have like just not had sex for a really long time. I just don't think that's possible for Charlotte. I know there are plenty of women that could do that. There are plenty of like not really sexualized people that have low uh, sex drives. You know, they just don't, uh, Tom Sandoval. <laughs> but it's just like, people who just aren't, don't need to do it all the time. And that's fine. That's that's also another way, a, a perfectly fine way to be. Um, and a lot of them would have done, like been in that position and been fine. But I think Charlotte, I mean, as evidenced by her um, and the gardener, when she was playing tennis that time, I think Charlotte would have ended up having like a lot of affairs with uh, different people. And that's just not what Charlotte, Charlotte doesn't like that. I think she would have, there would have been a lot of shame around that. Or she might have ended up having like one affair with someone for a really long time. And there still would have been a lot of shame around it. And maybe it would have been a little more complicated. So it just depends on what you think is a good life. I don't think that's a good life. I don't, I think my partner should be really interested in, satisfying me sexually even if sometimes that means they do things they wouldn't necessarily want to do right now you know what I mean I don't think you should have sex with people you don't want to have sex with don't get me wrong like when I talk about the fact that my husband is still like very much he, he listen he into it okay but I don't have sex with him unwillingly it's not that it's just that there are lots of times when I have to be like, okay, princess, you cannot organize your laundry room right now. You have got to get your mind into sexy time because you sitting over here trying to figure out a, a cute way to display these Tide Pods is not going to do it. So you got to figure it out because you know that he got to work a double on this day and this is happening and that's happening. And like you just know who he is and you know that like he will start to feel like nobody loves him and he's alone in this world because you didn't cuddle him in bed last night and, like, and nobody like and, and now we have the opportunity to have sex and you're not having sex with me so that means like, that he'll get there so you it's part of my care for him part of my duties to him part of the re i love him is that i'm gonna figure it out a way to like do what I need to do, even if it's not necessarily what I want to do right now. Let me tell you, you know what I need from him? Acts of service. I need acts of service. I need to have conversations about my feelings a lot. Let me tell you how many times he wants to have conversations about my feelings. Never. 
Never. He just wishes I would just put these feelings in a box and put them in. But I can't do that. I need that for my fucking partner. And so, yeah, he's got to put down Call of Duty and stop making that Gundam, which is a, I'm not going to explain to you what a Gundam is, It's but it's like a, a model part. It's something you get in a hobby shop. Um, he's got to put that down and he's got to go like sit on the bench at the end of the bed with his wife and let her babble about her feelings about money and listen and respond. And like, you have to do that, even if you don't want to, because that's what I need from you as a partner. And so like, and when it comes to sex, I believe you cannot be a good partner if you are not willing to at least try to sexually satisfy your partner. Willing, when it comes to like a long-term relationship, if you are not willing to try to emotionally satisfy your partner, I don't know what we're doing here. If you're not trying, working hard, with like a, a bead of sweat on your brow to make sure that this other person is getting what they need, if you can do it, I don't know what we're doing here. I don't know love another way. But love is inconvenience to me. You cannot, like, that's what a relationship is. Someone I would allow to inconvenience me. That's what that is. I will inconvenience myself to no end for the people I love. Because otherwise, how the fuck do I know I love them? And, and maybe that's fucked up of me. That I think that if we are in love and you can do something, no matter how hard it is, you got to do it. You got to try. And, you know, I was raised all fucked up. So, yeah, that's probably that's probably my problem. But if, like, like I always say, like, if I needed my mom to come next to my desk and lay flat on this floor for three days, and, but that, I needed that. To, she loves me. She would do it. Would she do it quietly? Absolutely not. I have to hear about it all three fucking days and every day for the rest of my life. But if that's what was needed... Well, then you just you just have to inconvenience yourself and do it because that's the person you love, and and like I just don't so I just don't think that Carrie could absolutely absolutely I mean Carrie Charlotte could have a great life if Trey is not even willing to try. So later, Carrie gets a dating service application in the mail. At brunch, the ladies talk about how you know being single is like being attacked by this idea of what success in life is, and success in life is finding a mate. Um all the time like it's just it's a ridiculous idea so they start talking about soulmates and charlotte is very pro soulmate one soulmate one person in this world that is destined for you um you know the other ladies are just not set on that especially that samantha and i'm gonna say i agree with them uh i think there's a lid for every pot but a lot of lids fit a lot of pots <laughs> so <laughs> like we, I just don't, I believe there is some, like, whatever it is you have or you're into, within reason, with whatever it is you need, there is somebody out there that's willing to do it for you. Uh, you just got to find them. And I don't think it's one person. I think it's many people. And I think, but I also don't believe in relationships, like, relationships just because they end mean they weren't a good relationship. Like, relationships, as long as you were having a good time while you were in them, great and sometimes they end on purpose and they end because that's there's no need for them again like you know I just I I think if well so maybe there you know maybe I'm kidding myself maybe there is one soulmate for every person but I think it's a really limiting view and that if it's one soulmate for every person well how do you know your soulmate is not across the world and you'll never meet them 
That just doesn't make any sense. Who would come up with that? Who would come up with that idea, that system? Um, and if that's the way soulmates are, then fuck soulmates. I don't want one. <laughs> I'm not looking for mine either. I, I like, if I was single, I would not be like, I need to go find a soulmate because you only get one and you just have to deal with that one. I, I just do not like that. And I would just be like, I will divest myself from the idea of soulmates. I'm just not participating in that then because uh, you should all know that the one that I absolutely don't want uh, this, the, the way to get me not to get something is to make it hard for me to get it. Cause I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not standing in line. I'm not getting up early. I'm not doing any of that shit. I, I don't want to do that. Nope, 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 nope. So if the soulmate ain't coming, then, then fuck them. <laughs> I'll spend some time with some non soulmates. I, uh, but you know, this is all on, on brand for everybody. Uh, they decide to fill out the application and that's when we realize that Carrie is turning 35 the next week. And this sent Car Carrie on a spiral about whether soulmates are permanent or singular or does a breakup mean somebody wasn't your soulmate? Are you meant to spend your life with your soulmate or are you spent to just spend a specific time with your soulmate? And again, Carrie, let that shit go. Soulmates are bullshit. Um, if, even if they're real, they're bullshit. So Sam's the older, older lady in the group and she's really showing care. She wants to th throw Carrie like a little dinner for her, not a party, but a dinner for her 35th, which is, you know, more, you know, we're not 21. We don't, we don't need a rager. But she also gives Carrie some nice advice about being bold and grabbing 35 um, instead of slinking into it, like, which is the way I think you should handle it. Like every year I'm still alive is a fucking triumph. I had spent a lot of time uh suicidal. I spent a lot of time I've had I've had like suicide attempts. I'm still fucking here. I've had I've been in dangerous situations. I've had times when my luck ran out when I made bad decisions. Anything but I'm still fucking here. Kick it. Every year. I'm still here. It's a blessing. I like uh I I think I look my age. In fact, I think I look older than my age because I'm an old lady at heart. But like when people, when I tell them how old I am and they'll be like, oh, you don't look that. Girl, you ain't got to do all that. Because I'm happy. Every fucking scar. Every fat cell on his body. Every great. Girl, I got that. I went through some shit. And I'm still here. You guys can't see me, but I'm doing the double middle fingers. Fuck you. <laughs> you thought you had me, but I'm still here. <laughs> and like, I just, it, it has been my experience in life, my personal experience. So I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard, that every year I get better. Every fucking year. Every year brings something new. Every year brings something more i'm only living i'm living my best life i've ever fucking lived right now you know that you know that the life i live right now when i was 21 i could not have imagined like i would have i would have said what the fuck are you talking about some of the shit that i do have have seen have been through 21 year old me her mouth would fall fucking open because she'd be like are you fucking serious you did that like, she couldn't have conceived of it. And yet, here I fucking am. That shit is in my back pocket. Man! Like, that's like... I, I, I don't have another word for it except for a blessing. And I'm telling you, 
things only move along. And I know, like, uh, like bad things happen, okay? Bad things happen. But, and you go through periods where things are shitty or you're, like, just working through something or you're worried or, like, things, like, we all have bad periods. But the fact that we made it to the other side, or even if we're still in the middle of it, the fact that we are still hanging on is such I don't have another word for it. Blessing. It's a fucking blessing. You didn't have to have it. And you have it and you're really happy about it. So yeah, I like every year, give it to me. I want it. Whatever. I'm not worried about being cool. Like I told you, I never was fucking cool. I'm not worried about being hot. I don't think I was ever hot. I don't know if I was hot. I'm, you know, but I'm pretty hot for what I'm, where I'm at. I'll take it. I'm cute. It's fine. And if I wasn't cute, that's fine too. And like, not everybody needs to be cute. You know what I'm saying? Like, ugly people gotta live too. So like, let us live. And so like, I just, do not fear getting older, guys. Do not fear it. I want you to put that shit like a notch on your fucking belt. Like, bam, they go another one and another one and another one. Like, that's what you should be doing. Like, just in terms of like choice and resources and options and shit that I have right now that I didn't have 20 years ago because I've just been through some stuff. I know some stuff. I'm better. I like, I don't know. I, I just, I look forward to getting older. I am never like, oh, they're going to think I'm old. Bitch, I am old. So I can't wait till I have a head full of gray hair so I can look like Storm from X-Men. Then I'm going to start wearing color contacts, which is against my religion. But still, I'm going to start wearing them. I'm just going to walk around with a fucking cape. And they're going to be like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I reached my final form, bitch. So we <laughs> Yes. Take those fucking years. Take those years. You the best you ever fucking been and you only getting better. Every single year. You are, you, I, I guarantee you're better looking than you were 10 years ago. I guarantee you. You know why? Because we got more shit now. You know more about how to take care of your skin. We got better makeup. You have more money to get your hair done. I guarantee you. You don't believe it? Show me a picture. You know what? Tweet me at Okay Then Princess and show me a picture from you 10 years ago and a picture from you now. And I promise you, I will be able to make you understand how much hotter you are right now. I promise you, I promise, okay, you, mm, mm, do it, do it, I'm not saying I'm gonna get to it right away, I can't even believe I just told y'all to do that, because now, somebody might do it, one of y'all might fucking do it, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, who is this, <laughs> but I promise, if someone does this, I am going to explain to you why and how you are hotter now, I'm going to do it, anyway, 25, 35, get out of here, Okay, so Sam is basically like, do you do you want me to invite Big? And because you know they're friendly, they're friend, yeah. But they aren't exactly there yet. So while while they're having this conversation, they're walking. Sam sees a hot priest, or who she says is a hot priest. I don't think he's a priest. He's not wearing a priest outfit. Now, do I know what a priest outfit? Do I know the hierarchy of the priestums of of religious to have priests? Girl, I don't know no hierarchies like that. I don't fucking know. But he looks like a monk to me. He looks like a monk, which is kind of like a nun. It's like the counterpart of a nun. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to take some vows. I mean, they're not married to God. But, you know, we're going to take some vows. We go How come they aren't married to God? Is it because... Okay. But I'm just saying the nuns get married. Guys, you know I'm scared of nuns. Anybody anybody that'll marry God is... 
They'll do anything. And they, they're always wearing all these clothes. And they you don't know what's underneath there. They can have guns. They can have weapons. They're, they're, their eyes are real sharp. I They just... Stuff is happening with them. And I'm, like, stressed out when I see a bunch of nuns in one place. Um, the nuns used to always be... Um, collecting when i lived in chicago they used to like go into this little grocery store i'd go in and they'd be like collecting like donations and stuff and every time i saw them there i was like uh let me see if i can get past these nuns without something happening to me so none stressed me out but if they're married to god what are the monks why aren't they married to god who are they married to mary no i don't think that's how it works i, I don't think you can marry you know what? Why the fuck am I even thinking about? Anyway, he looks like a monk to me. She calls him Friar Fuck, and that makes more sense to me. So, um, you know, she goes over there. And she's like, well, she doesn't go over there. She goes a little later when she's by herself, because you know she's about to get her flirt on. She's about to go over here and try to corrupt this monk. And um, you know, she's just like, um, you know, I work in PR and I can help you guys raise some money. She name drops Trump, bleh. and she ends up like. Having an interaction with him. I mean, he's fine. He's, he's fine. He's not amazing, but he's fine. And then, like, leaves that interaction and goes home to masturbate. And so when she sees the other girls later, Charlotte's like, are you glowing? Did you get a, a facial? And Sam's like, no. I've been masturbating all afternoon. I love how Sam just announced things. She's like, mm. You know, the, the her most famous, I'm dating the guy with the funkiest bunk. Like, <laughs> just like... Um... Miranda's shocked by this, not for the masturbating often. She's like, you don't get in and out? You don't have things to do? See, I'm a Miranda. <laughs> I got things to do. Let's just, let's just get this show on the road. And so, and she's like, well, not all afternoon, like two and a half hours. Um, But Sam's like, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes you got to get in there and do your thing until your thing is done, especially if you're masturbating to your Fire fuck. And which sets Charlotte off because of course it does. She's like, that is inappropriate. And that's when Sam says, I can masturbate to whomever I like, which is true. Within reason. <laughs> there, there are exceptions. <laughs> I don't want to talk about them because I've already had to put enough trigger runners in this bitch. But um Yeah, you can as long as as, as long as you don't then use weaponize your sexy alone time feelings to that person to be like, listen, I've been masturbating to you and now I need to put this in your lap so you can know what it fit like so you have an understanding like that that's too much. You you don't you don't have a right to do all that. But yeah, you know, you wanna reach into the spank bank in the back of your mind and, and use use the images of Friar Fuck out here helping the poor. She said that what she <laughs> imagined is that she's carrying food for the poor, for the needy, and he shows up and knocks it out of her hand and then throws her in the street and does her right there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay, Sam, if that's what you want, listen, at least you know what you want. Uh, Miranda's like, what are you going to do with the other two two hours and 20 minutes? Exactly. You can do, this is a 10 minute activity. You can, you can be done. <sighs> you know. Miranda and Carrie do it, uh, masturbate to Russell Crowe and George Clooney. Charlotte flicks it to Trey because <laughs> she's boring. <laughs> like, even in your mind, you don't get to do whatever. Lord. I, I would love to sit here and list who's in my spank bank, but I just find that y'all don't want to know all that. Y'all don't want to know all that. I'm weird. I don't want y'all to think badly of me, okay? 
I don't want y'all to be like, princess, that's what you're into? Because yes, that's what I'm into. And I'm sorry. I apologize. No, I don't. But I just, I will not tell you. Okay. So it's late and Carrie's calling big on her birthday. Like as soon as her birthday turns midnight. And she babbles on his machine and then invites him to her birthday party that night. Um, this seems desperate to me. You are inviting him to a same day party. You are also calling him at exactly midnight on your birthday. And I understand that like you guys are in a situation ship, but... I don't know. I, I would never show my card. Excuse me. I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I could not show my cards like this. I could not be this vulnerable to be like, hey, it's midnight and I should call somebody. Shouldn't I? I'm going to call you, this person who I am not in anything with. I, I, I would be too maybe prideful. Like I think my sin is pride, but, um, um, but, and definitely gluttony, but, but, um, lust. <laughs> Stop before I have to list all of them. <laughs> I think I'd be too prideful to even let him know I was thinking of him at midnight on my birthday. I just, I don't think I could do it. And then we see Miranda. Miranda's on the street. She sees a friend and they haven't seen each other in a while. And her friend's like, they're like, what are you up to? What are you up to? And she's like, are you seeing anybody? And um, Miranda like resists the urge to do like a tight 15 minutes <laughs> of comedy set on um being single you know and she said she just says no i'm not seeing anybody and her friend is like oh he's out there don't worry she's like maybe maybe not and yeah maybe not i think that really weirds people out when you say when you're a single person mid-30s and up and you say maybe there's nobody out there for me or maybe not because mm, again there's a lid for every pot and there's many lids can fit many pots but maybe this is what it is. I'm going to be a single person. Maybe I don't, I don't want any kids. I don't need any kids. And if I do, I'll just go get one or have one by myself. But like, I don't intend, I don't see myself being in like a serious long-term relationship anytime soon or ever. And yeah, now what? And I think that weirds some people out. I do. Um, because again, we have this thing smashed down our throats that you, that the success is, you know, a big house, 2.5 kids, a spouse that loves you looking hot well into your sixties. Like that, like if you can't do those things, then you're worthless. A lot of money, vacations in Barbados. Like, like if you don't follow, I almost said American dream, but I don't, it's not, that's not even the American dream, but if you don't follow this, like. I don't know, this kind of story that we tell ourselves as like a, as a people, then you're not successful or you're not there. And that's, it's not true. Like every success, happiness looks different for everybody. And you get to build the life you want. And you get to, you know, you know how like when you go to Chipotle, you go over there and you, you tell them what you want in your bowl. You don't like beans? Don't say no beans. You don't like those uh those onions and peppers? Don't get that. You get to put what you fucking want in there. And you get to leave out the shit you don't want. And if uh 2.5 kids or any kids is not on is not in your list, it's not it's not on what you it's not what you want, then tell them to leave that shit out your bowl. And then don't worry. Life is messy and elastic and goes on for quite a long time. So you get to change your mind about everything 
You can change around what you where you live. You can change your mind about whether you're married. You can change your mind about whether whether uh, you want this job. Or you get to change your mind about almost everything. So don't worry about missing out on something because we could just go back to Chipotle and put it in the fucking bowl. Okay. So yeah, that that felt like a good moment for Miranda to just be like, yeah, this is what it is, and I'm not gonna like try to make you feel comfortable about it. And her friend is like, oh. And so, but she does ask her friend, she's like, oh, so how's so-and-so going? I guess she's been married like five years at this point. And then her friend starts doing like her own stand-up comedy routine about like not having kids. She's like, I know you're wondering where the kids are. No, I was not wondering that. <laughs> Why would I be fucking wondering? Why would I be wondering about you and your uterus? Why would I be wondering about that? I just asked how this other person who you're married to, I know, I know him, you're married to him. I just asked, how's it, how's it going? But... And Miranda's like, you know, it's where she realizes that like everybody has this sore spot, this triggering thing, that this thing that they're like, oh, everybody's going to know about this. Everybody's going to be worried. Everybody's going to think I'm such a fucking loser. Um, and no, <laughs> we're all like tap dancing sometimes trying to make sure that people don't see those like sore spots. But uh, also, it's also really cool to just be like, nah, this is what it is. We're doing this. I'll let you know if it changes. So, Sam has to go see the, the fryer fuck one more time. She goes in there. She got three cans of fucking something. I don't know. And she's like, they told me you're in here. Here are my cans. I think about you not here when I'm not here. Do you think about me? And he basically says he doesn't think about her because God made the body and he's not of his body. I'm like, Sam... I just feel like you need to, uh, this is a good shot, but <laughs> getting people to renounce their, their vows to God is tough. It's tough. It's just, you know, it's a tough thing. You know, it was just a cute thing to show that this is just a cute little storyline to have Sam masturbating loudly in her apartment. Like, oh, 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 oh. who are you doing that for Sam? <laughs> is that for you? If that's for you. I'm happy for you. <laughs> um, Carrie gets to her restaurant birthday dinner and she's the only one that's there. It's a really big table and she's there alone for 20 minutes looking all lonely. The staff's giving her pitying looks. This reminds me, once in, um, when we first were in New York and we were living in Long Island, um, my husband got off work and was like, I want to take you to a really nice seafood place of dinner. So we got dressed up. I don't have a purse. I have a phone. That's it. Um, I'm barely wearing underwear, guys. Like, I, I'm just, like, living light. And we get there, we eat, and we're having, we had a good time. I, I had seafood risotto. It was delicious. And then it's time to pay. And my husband doesn't have his wallet. And he's like, shit. And I was like, I don't even have a purse. And he's like, I have to go home and get a wallet. Now, we were on, like, Long Island, in the grand scheme of things, it's very small, right? When you compare it to Texas, which is the size of God, it is, it's, Long Island's small. But we are far away, okay? We're far away. So he has to drive all the way back, because we were staying at his mother's house at the time, all the way back to his mother's house to get it, and I have to stay there. 
And we let the waitress know. We're like, listen, he forgot his wallet. I'm going to stay here. and He's going to go get his wallet. But she keeps giving me these pitying looks. Because also, I don't wear a wedding ring. I never have. If I have a wedding ring on, somebody told me to put it on for a very specific reason. I don't, I don't wear wedding rings. Neither does my husband. So people don't always know they were married. She thought I was on a date. And she thought he had left me. She kept like refilling my Sprite. Because I don't really drink. She started, she started, she kept, she's like, you think he's going to come back? Yeah, bitch. We live together. <laughs> he's coming back. Okay. Just get, but it's far. And then when he got there, his mother was like, oh, you left her aware. They don't like black people over there. They kill black people over there. And he's like, what? And she's like, yeah, you, she starts naming off like six black people that were killed in this, in this particular area of Long Island. He's like, oh shit, they're going to kill princess. So he's, He's also driving like a bat out of hell, which is not great. <laughs> so, but he does get back. He should when when I see him, like I'm I'm still on Facebook at the time, so I'm Facebooking this whole experience. Okay, I'm just like mm-hmm. Now, and also the only black person in this in this this restaurant, which like a lot of people would not notice, but I noticed, and also like I'm the only black person. We're the only we were the only black people in this restaurant. He has forgotten his wallet. I'm now sitting here looking quite out of place and lonely and you know the waitress is getting the eye on me because she's like this bitch ain't going to the bathroom and disappearing on me so like because <laughs> a lot of re- i mean i think this is illegal but a lot of restaurants force you to pay f- for um walkouts or they'll do something that's just barely in the gray area illegal they'll be like you you take a write-up or you pay for it you can pay for it yourself or i have to write you up and then they have like a two write-up like you need to get fired or something like that. That's the way around it. But like, yeah, she, she's looking. She's like, girl, girl, you ain't gonna run up on me. So, <laughs> she's probably some fucking college student. Oh, she's like, bitch, I cannot afford. Y'all was ordering shit. I cannot afford to pay this. It's all my tips. You stay. So, but he gets back. I'm so happy to see him. And but that moment in there, well, all I have is a almost dead phone, Facebooking about how I'm alone. <laughs> was tough and Carrie didn't even have a phone so (laughs) yeah um so the again she's getting pity looks then a birthday cake comes out and she thinks it's for her which I was like if it is for you it's really sad too like why are you smiling it's sad but it's for another table and the person at the table is turning 25 and the the girl goes I I think it was I I'm sure it was a girl because this is Sex in the City and this is this is how they used to set things up. It was like, I'm 25. I'm so old. <laughs> and Carrie's like, oh. Yeah. Well, listen, 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 listen. That's the oldest she's ever been. So yeah, she is old. Okay. It's the oldest she's ever been. It's the best she's ever done it. It's right there. Okay. So then her birthday cake actually arrives and the hostess has to say, your birthday cake is here and the lady needs to be paid. <laughs> so now Carrie has to pay $70 for her own birthday cake. First of all, that cake was little. $70? Mm. Okay. You didn't go to H-E-B, but that's fine. <laughs> if you paid $70 for my little ass birthday cake like that, please don't eat it. Please frame it. <laughs> so, Cake is everywhere. It's abundant. We can get, we get, we could have dug in highs this bitch and it was, we still had a good night. So, <laughs> cake 
almost all cake is good unless it's dried out but other than that it's usually good so then she walks she's walking home or to get a cab because she loves cabs and she's walks into like some road work i guess they're repaving something um it's not cement and she's not on tar because she wouldn't have been able to like walk like if you get on hot tar like your fucking shoes are fucked but either way she's like in an area that's construction and so she walks to this area and these construction guys start screaming at her come on get out of the way like just really embarrassing shit and um uh she she basically like she drops her cake then she's trying to pick up i'm like why are you trying to pick up the cake that cake is done it hit the the streets of new york city i used to be friends with somebody that like we'd meet up on brunch like to have brunch on sundays and she'd be like you cannot wear sandals in new york city and i'm like why can't i and she'd be like girl every <laughs> every nasty thing in this city has touched your toes at this point like you're you're like you're basically we need to throw you away we need to get rid of these toes because <laughs> but either way it hit the ground that cake is done go home and get your duck and hind shit and you know she she's just that she's embarrassed you know when she finally gets home there are a million messages from people who are late can't find the restaurant or in traffic and just got there now and now she's gone and Miranda screams into the machine get a cell phone I was like yeah get a fucking cell phone boo um other people have cell phones I don't know what year this one was in but ever other people have cell phones get a fucking cell phone um but you know Carrie she's like mm. um so anyway god I've been talking a long time I gotta wrap this shit up See, this is what happens I'd be talking about everything but what I'm supposed to be talking about so Carrie gets in the shower and then Charlotte shows up you know, because she's looking for her and she comes in her apartment because they are close and they can just do that. And then when you're alone, I, I take like I don't close my bathroom door either. My bathroom is inside uh, my bed, my bedroom. I don't close my bathroom door. Uh, so you just take in a shower and and Charlotte just wanders in, you know, the showers, the, the, the water's all around. You can't really hear stuff. Charlotte's not loud anyway. I think she's a wasp. She doesn't, she doesn't like, ah, she like, you know, like I would, I come in there and be like, Hey, like I'd be so fucking loud. You would know I was in the fucking house, but you know, she's like, Carrie, and <laughs> she gets in there. She's like, so she scares Carrie when Carrie, when she finally gets all the way in the fucking shower to where Carrie, to the shower curtain, she scares Carrie being in the shower is the most vulnerable place you can be. Let me tell you how I live with like a fucking psycho. And you guys know I'm trying not to use words like that anymore. But this, I feel like this is necessary. This is a necessary word right now. That, um, I was in the shower. Minding my business. I closed the door to my bedroom. But not to the bathroom. I don't close that door. And my kids know not to, that my door, if a door is closed and I'm behind it, you gotta knock to get through it. Even like me and now that me and my husband are sharing this office that I'm in right now, like sometimes the door, I, I like to leave the door open, but he doesn't, so he'll close it. Like if we're both in here, you can't just walk in here. We could be doing anything here. We'd be fucking in here. I mean, that's not what I told my five-year-old, but like we, we, we talk about privacy all the time. You, if a door is closed, there's a reason for that. Knock and then wait to be let in. So I, I don't have a problem. I don't have to lock a bedroom door or anything like that to, to keep my kids from running up on me in the shower. So I'm just in there taking a shower and it's wash day. So I'm a black girl. So it takes some time to wash the fucking hair. And um, this motherfucker came into the room. 
My eyes are closed because I have stinky, like also I have seborrheic dermatitis. So I use serious shampoo. I can't open my eyes because I want to, because unless I want these bitches to roll out onto the floor and out the door, like that fucking meatball that happens that if they think about a camp or whatever. But like, if I wanted that to happen, that's why I, so I don't, I keep my, my eyes closed. And this motherfucker opens the shower door so quietly and then puts his, and touches me. Not in a sexual way, not in a groping way, but just touches me. I screamed. I cussed him the fuck out. I almost fell in a fucking shower. I'm too old to be falling in a fucking shower. I go down in the shower, I might not get back up. So, like, <laughs> like did this, this, what the fuck is wrong with you? Being in a shower is the most vulnerable position you can be in because one, the, the water's going so you can't really hear. Um, you're naked. So all of the soft parts of your body are, are, are exposed. So if somebody wanted to stab you and kill you, it's really easy to do so. There's nothing keeping them from getting doing that. And like, you don't have your weapons. So like, you're just, and it's slippery. So you can't even fight. Like somebody getting you in a shower. That's like, if you just want to kill somebody, do it in the shower. So when he did that, oh my God, I didn't speak to him for so fucking long. Like, I was like, have you, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, that is not funny. But he likes to scare people. He scared Cheeks the other day so much. Cheeks cried outside. And I was livid. <laughs> I was actually giving another child a shower. And I ran outside to get Cheeks. And I was like, you have lost your fucking mind, Mr. Curtis. And he was like, I didn't know. I thought he saw me here. I didn't know. I was like, no, you play too fucking much. That's what the problem is. Like, you're a big guy. And I guess you've just never been scared a day in your motherfucking life. But like... The rest of us are small and vulnerable, and we uh, people sneak up on us, and sh that's that shit ain't funny, okay? That shit ain't fucking funny. So, <laughs> um, anyway, Charlotte takes her to the coffee shop, and Miranda and Sam are on their way there, and they meet them. And Carrie says that being alone at the table, mate, at that table at the restaurant, made her realize she was alone in this world, and that she hates herself for saying it, but it felt bad she didn't have a special guy to like celebrate her thirty fifth with, and. She doesn't know, like, she doesn't want to say that. She doesn't believe she needs a guy, but, like, it really, it, it made her feel bad. And that's a real feeling because, like, even though logically we know all kinds of things, but, like, sometimes emotions hit us that aren't logical that, like, we need time to work out. And so it's real that she felt lonely there. And she was like, you know, if I had, like, a partner, like, I would never have to sit at the table by myself. That's true. And Charlotte then probably says the most emblematic line of the series and that is that she, that they could be each other's soulmates and men could just be these great nice guys to have fun with. And yeah, that's, you can build a life like that. I always see these articles, and actually I've seen it in real life where these women like live together to raise children together and they're not in a relationship and they just decided that like I'm not gonna ask for a romantic relationship to be the support I need right now I'm going this is a person I trust this is a person I count on and I care about and like we'll do this together and yeah that's like build the life you want um and take that pressure off of like who like there's so many people in your life that love you like 
you don't need to find this special mate that loves you. You got like a million people that love you. A million people that'll show up for you. A million people that like, if some disaster happens at your dinner, like will meet you at the coffee shop instead. Like a million fucking people. I don't know why they call it the coffee shop. They're always ordering brunch there. Coffee shops don't have salmon. I don't know what's going on. Maybe I misunderstood. But like, still, do not get stuck in this binary of what things must be. Like it's only this or that. Don't do that. Build what you want and what works for you. And don't be afraid to like tear that shit down and rebuild it again. Like it's up to you to make yourself a place to be happy. What makes you happy? Get that. Carrie says she's 35 and not 25. Miranda says, thank God. Yeah, thank fucking God. Thank God. Um, Thank God for 45 and 55 and 65 and 75. I plan to live to 85. I got so much work to do. I got a lot of things I want to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I got I to gotta get these kids to their uh, fucking... If I'm 85, my kids will be in their 50s. I got... I, I got to get them to their, at least to their 50s. I want to get them to their 60s. I want to be Sophia and I live with their asses and I keep telling them which dates to go on. I, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. But I, I got to be here for these children, okay? I got to do it. So 85, 95, that's, that's, that's a target. I mean, I don't know how much time I have on this world, but that's the target. Um, <laughs> Sam says, listen, I'm 140, so shut up. <laughs> Um, we get a throwaway scene of Miranda getting home and her cat's meowing and that makes her smile. What she needs to be doing is finding out why she just walked in her door and all her lights are on. Like what, who paid a light bill up in here? Y'all got, y'all got stock and con in? I don't know. Fat, fatty, did you do this? The, why are the lights on in my apartment? I live alone. <laughs> and when Carrie gets home, Big is outside her apartment in his town car with some red balloons waiting for her. Um... Those balloons look like they came from it. <laughs> I thought he was going to say we all float down here, Carrie. <laughs> but, you know, they just have a little back and forth in the car. They joke about what time zone and whether he's late and whether he got out to get the balloons. Or Raul did. Raul definitely did. I don't like big guys. I don't like him. Um, she does a guessing game about how old she is, the how old he is. And he's like the 40 to 45 box. He's about 10 years older than her. Maybe, mm, let me take it back. If she's 35 and he's 40 to 45, that means he's between five and 10 years older than him. I would, let's say seven. But this is what I'm talking about, about Big and Carrie. Like they want us to have this, like this show really romanticizes them and they're not romantic to me. What do you mean you don't know how old he is? You know how many times you don't fuck this dude? You don't know how old he is? Get out of here. What do y'all talk about? I get basic information from people within 10 minutes of meeting them because I'm just a person that's interested in other people. And I talk and I talk about myself and I talk about you and I wanna I wanna know what your first dog's name was and why your cousin don't have custody of her babies. I wanna know. I'm all up in it and I'll remember all of it. I, I have a special talent for remembering other people's business. So like, <laughs> so like, what are y'all doing? And I know that like, the thing is, is that the show wants Carrie to be a romantic and she is a romantic she's written that way she obviously is and that her stuff to be romantic and like for me that's the frosting right we'll go back to the cake that's the frosting on the cake and like guys 
like the frosting is the show, but you can't just have frosting. If you just eat straight frosting, it's disgusting. Or you can only like, you can have like a spoonful and then, and it's like too sweet. Like you need the cake to deliver the frosting. You need it to balance it out. And for Carrie and Big, they just have frosting. Like, keep in mind, they're in a situation ship-like thing for six seasons until he shows up in Paris uninvited to, to save her from Alexander, okay? The vampire. This man, look at him. He is so pale. He got a, a, a European accent. He only shows up at night. There's lots of candles. He want to eat dinner at 11, 12 p.m. He's writing poems. He's playing the piano. That's a motherfucking vampire. He's been alive for 2,000 years. That's, he is not of this time period, Carrie. You need to ask questions. Ask him. Had Columbus sailed the ocean blue when he was born? Ask him. Because we don't know. So, like, <laughs> so anyway, but I, that was never going to work out. And the show wrote it so that he accidentally, like, first of all, Alexander was very romantic, but also very, he obviously wasn't the one for her. He obviously didn't treat her very well. And like, you could look at the show and see that, but then they wrote in that he accidentally slapped her. And I was like, either he slapped her or he didn't. Like, it feels like somebody in the writer's room was like, we need to like really push this. And someone said, maybe he could get mad at her and hit her. And somebody else said, what show do you think? This is a comedy. <laughs> We're not going to have a man punch a woman on this show. And then someone said, make it an accident. That's, that's, I feel like I, I feel like I was there for the conversation. But it, but it was so clunky and we didn't need it. She, he really did treat her badly. He didn't show up for her. He demanded that she showed up for him. And then he, he like, he, it wasn't working anyway. And so we didn't, and the fact that Big was in town was enough. She could have met, she could have went to get her own room. You know what? He should have said something mean to her. Like, just something like belittling to her, like about, cause you know, she wanted to go to her party that, that the, the, the French book, bookstore employees made for her or whatever he could have said something belittling to her about her career or something like that i'm sure he did i, I haven't seen that in a long time i don't like the ending of sex in the city um because i don't like big and i don't think big's a hero and so like he could have said something like really cutting to her and then she'd be like i'm getting my own room so she goes to get her own room and then she sees big and that would have been enough right and she could have been like, what are you doing here? And he could have been like, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so they have a situation ship for six years, right? Until the end of the series. And then they're together, really together. Like, I guess she's allowed to know how old he is at this point. Really together. And that lasts for three years because there's three years between the end of Sex and the City, the series, and that movie. And in that movie, they get married. They, they're supposed to get married. And he leaves her at the altar. They've had, they've had three Decent years of a real relationship. This relationship is frosting. It's not cake. It's not the solid thing that you sit the frosting on top of. I, and it's okay to have more frosting than there is cake. I love that. That's why we love cupcakes. Because it's just a little bit of cake with a lot of frosting on top of it. But that's, that, that's the perfect ratio for me. A lot of romance. A lot of sweeping people off the feet. But there's a foundation underneath there. 
But all they had was frosting. And he left her at the fucking altar. Like, I know it was a mistake. I know, Lily. First of all, don't let your kids play with phones. Your phone. They need to have their own devices or and their own toys. My phone is not a fucking toy. But, yeah. I know there was a misunderstanding and everything. But he was feeling cold feet. He was not going to come. Because he could have had these things and been like, I'm, I'm feeling really nervous right now. I want to talk to Carrie. I can't talk to Carrie. But, you know, I do love Carrie. I'm going to show up here. I'm going to see if I can, like, she and I have a conversation, like, beforehand. But he just doesn't come. He doesn't. He was going to leave her at the altar. He effectively left her at the altar. Again, I'm too prideful. Maybe. Maybe that's what it is. But I would have never been in the presence of that man ever again. Y'all would have been like, Princess, you know, I'm really sorry about that wedding. I'm like, what wedding? Who? Big? What kind of name is that? <laughs> I would have closed the fucking drawer on that part of my life and moved on so, like, that didn't exist. I would have, that is too, that is some embarrassing shit. Some real fucking embarrassing shit. We could have had a conversation the night before. And if Miranda, uh, being upset because her husband cheated on her, made you do this, made you not speak to me when you had the chance, made you embarrass me in front of every person we've ever known in our entire motherfucking lives. That's on you. I'm not even going to blame Miranda. Miranda talked like that all the time. That's all Miranda does is complain about shit. Ask Miranda about donuts. I hate them. Why is there a hole in the middle? That, okay, so like, get the fuck out of here. I, I've never liked this relationship. Like I said, it's all frosting. And she doesn't even know how old he is. Like, get out of here, man. I've been ranting. <laughs> I don't like Big. I don't like Big. And I don't like that he died in it. And just like that, I want them to get divorced. I wanted this show to admit it was a mistake. But of course, they're not. The whole fucking show is built on it. They didn't have me in the writer's room. <laughs> I would have, I would have found, I would have had, I would have had it that he'd been sleeping with Natasha the entire time. And that also he didn't have any money. He was embezzling from his company. And, um, that he also had another family two floors down in the apartment they lived in. And I would have had them like go to brunch and everyone go, we knew it. <laughs> anyway. They drink, I think it's champagne in the car and talk for a bit. And then she takes her it balloons in the house and she marvels at how having that, um, that anchor of her friends, her best friends in the world allows her to check out all the fun guys, the great and fun guys. I mean, he's not one of them, but okay, Carrie. <laughs> and that's the end. <laughs> done a lot of ranting i actually don't even know what i fucking said kayla i hope you enjoyed it i hope this is what you were looking for guys if you would like me to, to do a sponsored episode for you there are people out there that want me to talk about specific series that want me to talk about specific episodes of things there are people that are like my vote never i feel like i never get the thing i want when i vote on the patreon for the new series fine send me an email pitch me what you want me to do 20 bucks We'll do it. Next week, back to Rock of Love. <laughs> I'll see you guys then. <laughs>